0: Hello everyone, this is Tade Rune and welcome to episode six of my podcast Exalt. And as promised um, in this particular one, I'll be sharing bits of my testimony and this will be part one of the testimony. Just a bit of background before we get into it. Um, I grew up in a very, in a very wonderful household raised by Maria and Wilfred Chanua. It's probably the only time I can get to call them by their first names. <laughs> I have three older brothers and a little sister. And our house was pretty much very gender neutral. I mean, everyone did the chores. There was nothing about the boys do this or the girls do this. So we were pretty much raised on an equal footing. So, I mean, I went to good schools, was very active in school, was also deputy head girl and held other leadership positions at at, at school, at church. You know, I was that, that girl. I was destined for great heights, if you could say that. <laughs> um, But lo and behold, I met the father of my child when I was in high school, just before I finished my high school. And we dated for a bit, and I fell pregnant when I was 21. And this was such a bummer for a lot of people, because my parents had a lot of expectations on me. People at church had a lot of expectations. My friends had a lot of expectations. So I really disappointed a lot of people. Um, But thank God he decided he was going to marry and go ahead with the marriage. Um, so that put a burden off um, a lot of people's shoulders so during our marriage counseling i think i was about five months pregnant and father makaka who was going to marry us off he pulled me aside and he said Tari, you know you really have to you really don't have to do this if you want i can speak to your parents for you you have the baby then decide if you really want to get married or not afterwards and i thought what is this guy going on about what is he saying i couldn't believe it I mean, couldn't he see I was in love? But I guess at that time, he saw more than he could explain. And even if he did, I don't think it would have made sense to me then. So I declined and I was like, no, no, you know what? I insisted I was going to go ahead with this marriage. I was gonna—I convinced myself that this was the right thing to do. And anyway, I needed an honest a stable home, right, with both parents. And it would make my parents happy if I got married, right? Truth be told, I felt I had disappointed everyone by falling pregnant in the first place. So this seemed like my way to salvage the respect of my community sadly to my demise as evidenced clearly by the, the divorce a few years later. So I was employed by Crown Plaza at that time um, and when they realized I was pregnant I was then moved from Guest Relations department to the Functions department mainly because I couldn't be on my feet all the time. And so in the Functions department I, I had more administrative tasks. Um, So I could sit behind a desk all day. Um, I was so disappointed because I felt like I was missing out a lot from the front office, which I was used to. But little did I know that my passion for events was now being nurtured and groomed in that season. And that's a testimony for another podcast. And at the same time, I also just been accepted by the Women's University and was scheduled to start my first degree um, in sociology and gender studies a few months later. So in essence, things were really looking up for me but I didn't see it like that then. Um, The date that was scheduled for Anasoo's arrival was the 26th of September in 2006, but she decided to pop out unexpectedly on the 29th of June, 2006, which was three months ahead of that time. And therefore she fell into the category of a severe preterm. Now I was not ready on all levels. Her father and I were clearly too young, by many people's standards, I hadn't done any baby prep to the extent that I really wanted. And we had also been planning like a, a small wedding, sort of to legitimize our irresponsibility, <laughs> hoping that it would happen before the baby came. But this wasn't the case. So at 9.15 p.m. on the 29th of June, 13 years ago, Anesu decided at 27 weeks instead of 40 weeks, she decided she wanted out and bam, she was here. The doctor told me that, you know what, she's not going to survive. And before he could even explain, tears just rolled down my cheeks and that was the longest night I've ever had with the pains of childbirth being the least of my concern. So the next morning I went to see her, uh, my daughter that is, and maybe share what would be the last moments. And I remember walking into that NNU, the neonatal nurse um, unit, the pediatrician laughed at me and she gleefully said, you know what, and this was fine. Um, While she's on life support as the lungs had not developed but she would pull through and she took it so casually that i felt really stupid my biggest lesson was that no matter how much we think we know or no matter how much we plan god is the ultimate event planner the next three months from there were a whirlwind of emotions one day i'm excited the next day i'm tearful And this was probably the most loneliest few months that i've ever experienced anesu moved from the nursery back into icu then from the icu back into the nursery then again into icu until it just came a change of venue for god to manifest his glory i'll never forget one of the many experiences i had day when i was feeding her in the incubator so initially when i wasn't breastfeeding her she was feeding through um, a tube and she would drink as little as one milliliter per feed can you imagine through through tubes and then as i'm feeding her this particular day she suddenly stopped breathing and this is what they call apnea attacks and because her lungs were not mature enough and she was used for me she was used to me breathing for her in my tummy um, sometimes she would forget to breathe for herself and if we don't catch it soon enough with you know she'd just become unconscious and this particular time it happened and i was there can you imagine what went through my mind i froze i literally just froze and i remember the breathing notification started beeping loud and continuously and then what happened thereafter was like a scene from er I was pulled away in a hurry the nurses ran in all directions one was calling a doctor the other was opening the incubator and the other one was struggling to put on some gloves and then she took Anesu by the leg and she hit her and she hit her again and again you know trying to jumpstart her into breathing by now I was hysterical I was moved further away from the scene and I just you know my mind started spinning and I was left to imagine what was gonna happen what was really gonna happen At that moment, I remember asking myself, Lord, why can't I breathe for her? Why can't I breathe for her? Why would you bring a child on this earth and not be there for her, Lord? I prayed and I prayed and I asked asked God, please take away this pain. Please take away this pain that she's going through. She's too small to go through this. I can safely say, God saved my baby. And 13 years later, you can't even tell this child was born prematurely. I've seen the beauty in God's work and I see it every day. See, sometimes what people say about your situation may not always be the final truth. It's what you believe and do about your situation that matters. But by God's grace, this same child who could only take one milliliter per feed through a tube, she can cook and devour a full chicken with no apologies. (laughs) The same child who spent three months incubated after birth, barely falls sick, and is always in high spirits. And will has scars on her body because she has had, you know, she always had a to have a tube in her for feeding and medication because she was so tiny, finding a vein was so difficult. And then when they eventually did, she would fidget and the tube slipped out and would have to do it over and over again. It was so bad that at one time we ran out of spots to find a vein and had to shave her head to put one day to put a a, a, what you call it a troop in a head and those girls for me are now just beautiful reminders of God's faithfulness God is faithful so all these memories have been refreshed because at that time I remember I was documenting um, what was happening in a journal and I called this journal the whole nine yards cheesy right yeah it's pretty cheesy Um, and I later changed it to the whole seven yards because it was about six and a half months to seven you know months and apart from recording the first time I vomited and apart from my cravings for lemon creams my journal also confirms in so many ways that my marriage was not going to work I just didn't pay attention to the signs because of fear of being alone yet in the whole process my family and my close friends were there for me more than i needed them to be sometimes we focus on the people we want to be i mean sometimes we focus on the people that we want to be there that we neglect those that actually are i mean if i had paid attention to the love that was around me i wouldn't have settled for what was choking me we mess up our dreams through irresponsibility Yo. but regardless of how irresponsible you've been I think it's important for you to just decide, to take responsibility for your mistakes and strive to be better. All things will work together for your good, only if you love God and only if you walk according to His purposes. Whatever situation you are in at the moment, whether it's good or bad, the truth is it's not going to remain the same. This too shall pass. So learn the lessons that you're meant to learn in that season because you are in it for a reason. I can guarantee you that you will look back and laugh at what used to make you cry. I can confidently say, God is with us because I live with that miracle every day. So the next podcast is going to focus on the marriage and the divorce. So look out for that one. And remember, we have no time. Let's strive to live on purpose. I really hope I'll see you in heaven. God bless. Putting it or see you to me, Tanita. We come on, dear. She shan't be so jay. You can control the thing that we do, because I know that he will follow through. control the thing that we